us now. Yeah, that one. That song. Yeah, I love that one. It was just, I was literally like sitting there and being like, damn, I feel like I'm in an 80s montage. Like, And you man. know what's scarier than, than um, public dissociation? Um, what? This podcast. Um, we're here to play a game. That's true. We're here to play another game, Aubrey. But this isn't our typical kind of game. No, we're just doing another, another movie in the Saw franchise series known as Home Alone 2. Welcome back to, what are we talking about? Uh, longtime viewers of or listeners of the pod will know that we have been um, reviewing the Saw movies over the course of the podcast occasionally. And um, Mabel came to me with this idea and said, Hey, I think that this counts as a Saw movie. No, it's like, uh, no, this isn't. E- I mean, no, we're not even going at this. You're you're acting you like so this is something it, it, I had to convince you of. I'm just saying it could be potentially. I'm just saying this nonchalantly. It's just another one in the franchise because this is just true. This is not. I'm trying to gaslight you here, Aubrey. This right, right, right. right. <laughs> Home Alone Two is a Saw the movie. Perspective of as a longtime Saw fan and Jigsaw's number one gal. Uh, I want to know, could Kevin McAllister truly take up the Jigsaw mantle? Is that something I think he's capable of doing? Because going into this... You really didn't believe that. I have never seen a Home Alone movie until now. I have still, to this point, never seen the first movie because we watched Home Alone 2. Yes. Does it have a second part of a title to it? Like Home Alone in... Uh, lost in New or York it, or something like that. Lost, lost okay. in I was Manhattan. Like, yeah, they really should have like just that. called it Home Alone 2, I think. Like, don't don't overcomplicate it, you know? Twilight gets to, to have the second title, but it's because they're the names of the books. Wow. That's crazy. I think, I actually prefer the idea of new names instead of just putting a 2 and a 3 and a 4 on the end of it, but... I think it. I think you gotta like really work for it, and sometimes in a series like so. Yeah, it also feels weird for me for them to say Manhattan and not New York. I mean, like, I'm literally. I don't just watch this movie and think wrong. Let me look it up. I mean, I th- I think you're correct. I think it's Manhattan or something. If that, if that sounds right. And no, it's New York. I was. Wrong. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because I was gonna say it doesn't really doesn't really totally make sense, but um. You don't really totally make sense. Whatever. Since this was my first time watching the Home Alone franchise, Mm -hmm. I did not know the guy that plays the sexy one of the bad guys, which that's objective, but I I like to think people agree with me. You say that like that Um, was his archetype. I don't think it is. He's 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 like sexy goofy, like goofy goofy people who are sexy, you know? Um, Marv, Marv Merchants is the character name, and the actor is Daniel Stern. I was looking at him, I was like, oh, he's really cute. And then something clicked in my head where I went, I've seen this guy before. And it turns out he's the dad in my favorite, like, movie from my teenage years, uh, Whip It, the roller derby movie. He plays the dad in that, and like, whoo, he looks a lot different in that. 
Oh yeah, it's uh oh, wow. He was really a stunner back in the day. It's, in my opinion, it's like one of the, he looks like now, like you see him trapped inside of himself. Especially, <laughs> at least in, in that there, movie. Like, Let me out. Let me out. It's another one of Kevin's tricks. That's what all. Yeah, he's trapped. So this is um I don't believe to be. Mr. Jigsaw himself, but I believe that Kevin McAllister is born with the same kind of ingenious brain. And here's the thing. If we're talking body count, um, in the the ways that he kills these two men who miraculously don't die because these are cartoon roles, I honestly think he tops some of the Saw films' death counts. Yeah, I mean, for as many if, times as they should die, if we count times where it's like someone would have to die in that instance, you are correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I will also say, like, thinking about it, and it may just be because of the time period the movie was made, the traps in Home Alone 2, because you say it's like cartoon rules, really make me think about, like, the dumb little, like, pranks and traps in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, like, yeah. Because it's the same kind of thing where, like, the tunes... But then they do show, like, how it can affect, like, the real humans. They, like, take it to a fucked up level, which... Uh, yep. That's, I love that movie. That one, was, but, uh, that one was a little scary for me when I was younger. <laughs> I'm Yeah, I will say, I was fully prepared to be like, Kevin is a menace to society. I was fully prepared to fucking hate Kevin. And then fucking I find myself, like crying this summer in this movie that's got a horrible plot like the worst plot ever but i'm like over there crying like oh kevin kevin like it's the pigeon also, lady tim curry gives such a performance yeah oh my god yeah There's it's just something you always forget he is in the film until he shows up and you're like oh my god there he and, is. and it's like, how could I forget that this happened? I mean, I could because I've never seen it, but <laughs> yeah, I have no excuse, I guess, especially since we share a birthday. I should just know everything. Damn, you should know everything. You should be his number one stand. I, I mean, I am in my heart. I, I have literally nothing bad to say about Tim Curry as much as I hate every celebrity. Oh yeah, he's a Tim Curry's like an actually nice guy. He seems dope. Anyway, anyway, so... So let's get into these traps. These traps that were that were set for, for the Sticky Bandits, otherwise known previously as the Wet Bandits. I have not seen the first movie in a really long time, so I don't remember why they're called the Wet Bandits. It's maybe because they, like, are slippery? I don't know. Anyway, they are now the Sticky Bandits because Marv has tried to figure out how to stick things to his hand. I don't know if it ever becomes relevant because the things that happen to him afterwards, the Sticky Hand is just so irrelevant. <laughs> um, so I there is a whole first act of this film, arguably two acts of this film, uh, setting up everything that needs to happen because this movie is aware of how ridiculous it is that this could happen a second time. So it's go- it goes very, 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 very far out of its way to justify itself. Very well-written plot contrivances. See? Another way that it relates. 
I'm also finding out through research, um, <laughs> apparently other people have ranked Kevin's traps from like most deadly to least deadly. Of this article I'm reading that includes the 15 deadliest, a majority of them are from the second movie. So Kevin, it seems like, really goes ham. No, here's the some thing. Of his other works. If Kevin was Kevin in the first movie, when he was doing the second movie shit, he would not have gone nearly as hard as he did. But something has changed in that boy after after drawing first blood, as it were, in movie number one. He, he, he. It's not just that he thinks of all of these things, but that he deep like he seems to deeply enjoy them when he's doing them too. He's always he's always throwing that brick from the roof with a smile on his face and a little chuckle in his heart. Uh, speaking of which, trap number one, the goading roof child, uh, where Kevin stands on the rooftop of the house uh, that he has rigged, go- goading slash luring his his uh, potential captors and sticky bandits uh, into the house. But uh, he knows that these adults aren't just gonna waltz into some random building after what happened last time. He's gotta cause some mild head trauma to convince them first. Um, so the it's a very simple trap. He essentially is just tossing bricks down um, on top of eat murderers heads and it's uh it's a simple and effective trick he aims very well and not to mention he puts a little bit of sauce on it too like he doesn't just drop these things from a three-story tall building he's he, going like that that salt bay like chef guy with him like he's like a little bit of a <sighs> flick of the wrist and like it. he's probably throwing out his arm a little bit when he tosses these things down because he is not trained in throwing Yeah, even with the mild head trauma, though, my confusion is, like, you know what this child is capable of. Like, he's capable Mm -hmm. of murdering you ten times over and absolutely fucking your life up. And he's not even going to do the decent thing and put you out of your misery. He's going to let you live so you can go to prison for a long time. Yeah, for you to... Why, after he starts hurling bricks at you, do you go, you know what we should do, buddy? Us two, let's go on in the building because there's no way the kid, the building the kid's in is totally booby. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, it's well, the desire for revenge. It, it, it I know, but I'm all. like, you know, at that point, I can't blame Kevin for what he does. That's because why you call you, this you did the that goading. To yourself. It's true. They really do throw themselves at this because yeah. they know it is a cartoon world and they will not die. Um, but and it's I will say truly this- fucked up. Either this way. beginning to the movie does set up for me, like where I'm like, okay, okay could Kevin take up the jig pe- jigsaw mantle? Like we know he's capable of traps. We know he's capable. But the thing that perplexed me is, you know, the, the first movie, this is that that's like stand your ground laws. That's covered. He's probably going to be fine because it is his property and they are breaking and entering. The second one, not his property, does belong to a family member, but he's doing this all so that the children at the hospital can have presents on Christmas. And that's 
Okay, that's just like a good all around, like, how can you be mad at somebody for wanting to give sick children presents on Christmas? You can't. And I think that like, you know, that kind of aligns with Jigsaw. I think Jigsaw would also punish some people stealing money that was supposed to go to the poor sick children. Once you again, know? like I said, he's he's got a similar brain. Uh, yeah. And it's scary. It is. Because uh, I feel like it may be awakened even earlier than Mr. John Jigsaw uh, happened oh, to. Oh, yeah. Kevin has become so, like, aware that life is so fucking unfair at a young enough age that, like, there's a lot of ways this could go. Mm-hmm. A lot. This is uh, a series of not one, not two, but three uh, different bricks planting into Marv's head, leaving indentions in his skull. Uh, So no outer bleeding. And he manages to stand back up, but uh, there are now freshly, freshly made spikes poking in his brain at this point. And also, from what I understand, even if this head trauma wasn't enough to help Marv forget about last time, I think it is somewhat, like, softly assumed by fans of this series that the bandits decide to go in the second time, most likely because the head trauma they received from the first visit in Home Alone 1 made them forget about the, exactly what happened that night, other than right. getting absolutely blasted. Technically... There are two traps before the brick incident. Okay. My my notes are not perfect, I guess. This, this is where Kevin is doing something where I'm like, okay, Kevin, this doesn't align with Jigsaw's values because this is causing harm to the public. The first thing that Kevin does to them in this movie is, I don't know, I don't remember if he is like, pearls or beads or something they're pearls he like, it's a pearl necklace yeah he like snaps it he steals it from a vendor on a public street corner yeah so first he steals oh no 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 wait no he pays, he for, pays, he pays for, for them he he's a good boy he's a good boy he pays but then he snaps it on a public street corner and just lets these pearls loose like not only does that get kev or not only does that get like marv and harry also could get any of the people on the street we might just be causing On a bunch of people ground. mass harm because you wanted to make some dudes trip and fall. Then Kevin proceeds to sexually assault a woman without her permission by grabbing her ass and running. And then like when she when she turns around, he points at Marv and she proceeds to punch both Marv and Harry for their their alleged crimes, which that I was like, Kevin, Kevin, you yeah. can't just be doing that. It's a little messed up, Kev. It's a little messed up, Kev. I mean, maybe those guys probably Damn. deserve to get punched, and she probably felt kind of vindicated doing it, but, like, you need to put her through that. Yeah, uh, yeah not, a, not a fan. You're calling that one a trap? Do we really have to bring that up? <laughs> That's more so, like some uh, a cunning a, a cunning move more cunning so escape anything. move i suppose yeah. yeah i just need to bring it up that like kevin while he does seem good natured he sometimes does things where i'm like kevin who taught you that where did you learn that truly where does is this this kid kind of grows up in a pre-internet world too so like <laughs> what yeah. the hell 
anyway, um, moving back to entering the house, if you if that was all you had, um, there is also a part where Joe Pesci dies um, before entering even uh, because he. Okay, so at one point he tries to jump up the escape ladder, which has a bunch of that, like, anti-parkour goo all over it that Kevin covered it in. So he, like, slips and falls off, which is, like, whatever. Because he's heavily padded in his winter coat. I don't really think that would break his back. But I believe in the midst of him attempting to climb after that, he does get into the house. Almost from like a higher story but he somehow gets he falls on a, like a teeter-totter and it like launches his, him back out the window down a, a, a full story onto a car and yeah. run, like falls with the velocity that he crushes the hood of this car down to this like all the way down he has broken his spine in multiple points and is definitely facing internal bleeding at this point. One would pick him up uh, uh, in, you know, if this were the real world, Marv, as, as um, loopy as he is in this moment, should pick Joe Pesci up and take him home. Try again another night. But Probably the hospital. They're criminals. They can't go to the hospital. They're newly released criminals, and they haven't been arrested for anything yet. Yeah, but they're also wanted? No, they're not wanted. I thought they escaped. Not yet. I thought they were released. I was so sure they escaped. I just assumed they maybe did their time for a small home burglary incident, in which case they were probably told, you know what, y'all went through enough severe bodily, physical, mental trauma... That we think you've done a lot of time for your crime. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Marv manages to finally get the front door open, uh, which then enacts the next trap, which is the lovely staple gun hooked to a door wire. Marv, uh, yeah, he, he, like, pulls a string out of the knob and, like, wraps it around himself and ends up getting staple in the cheek in the anus and then he then gets a staple through his nose like in the bottom part to the point where like if it went far enough it would have gone into his brain Mm -hmm. Ah, just the idea of even like touching that and trying to remove it which he does on screen it's bad it's bad um Kevin could have very, very easily messed Marv up very awful ways here, but thankfully... I mean, frankly, I feel like he had to. Like, there's no way they don't walk out of here changed in some way. For sure, up until this point. I mean, we haven't hit... We we have only, like, of these traps we've touched on so far, like, on, as I would say, like, for the rating scale, like, I would aim... I would name the fairness level of a lot of these traps actually a lot higher than most jigsaw traps so far that I've seen because the brutality is mostly based around 
the dumbness and hastiness of the main antagonists. Like, they get fucked over for rushing in almost all of these situations and not actually inspecting what's going on around them. And also, most of the starting ones are not lethal. I don't believe Marv could have maybe died if one of those bricks hit him just the right way. And Joe's definitely got quite a lot of internal bleeding at this point, but I don't think the bell has officially been rung on either of these gentlemen yet. So I will say Kevin feels at least still slightly more merciful than Jigsaw right now. But I'm going to have to disagree. Okay. Because Jigsaw, there's always a way for you to get out of this. For you to escape. There is no escape with Kevin. Okay. I mean, I guess you could suppose the escape is in the beginning after he throws the bricks on them. He knows his enemy too well. It's just like, Kevin's like, I am going to make you pay. I am going to make you suffer. Whereas Jigsaw's like, you can go through the pain and suffering and leave. Or I can kill you. Yeah, I guess Kevin's is just like... you can stop at any point and you can stop suffering, but it's the fact that they choose to keep continuing in their attempt to murder a child that they continue to suffer. They choose to suffer. I mean, I start to, I start to kind of sympathize with Harry and Marv and be like, dang, you know what? If I were them, I'd also want to kill this child. So like, is it really that mean or cruel that they feel that way when this child has, you know, attempted murder on them? A, a, a vast amount of times. So anyway, Mar finally gets in the front door after getting stapled a few times and falls into the basement. Uh, he is then, from my memory, we've watched this movie like three weeks ago at this point, it feels like. Uh, he then also falls in the soap. The like sticky... Oh yeah, the, oh, there's, yeah it's stuff. like really slippery on the ground so he's like sliding mm-hmm. around trying to get around but he ends up sliding and falling into a rack of paint cans yes and And he's well he gets covered in paint but think about it aubrey all of the paint for this supposed renovation is in the unreachable basement which does not make very sense and not only that there are a lot of very primary colors which also does not make a lot of sense if you're painting an adult's house in new york yeah it's gonna be an atrocious looking home yeah they're doing some like weird attempted banksy shit with their home and it's gonna be weird but either way not to mention was this home like in a house fire or some shit like why does it look so bad they're rent they're renovating it and for some reason they've decided to do half of every chore of tear of demolition at the same time from the way that it looks to me there's no way they just bought this home like a month ago no, they've lived there. They have lived there for multiple years and are now renovating and like going on a like a Caribbean tour while they're gone. It's insane. This is insanity. This home is a mess and honestly almost entices Kevin the dangerousness of of the home that he is thrown into when he expected to find the warm welcome embrace of his uncle and his family. Uh, it honestly, it also, I can kind of see where there is almost a little bit of a turning point for him too, where like, 
no matter how much he attempts to find that security, he always ends up being left alone in very dangerous situations, so he embraces the dark side. He embraces it. I truly feel that there is a turning point for him right in Act 2 there where he gets to the, the uncle's place and he says, Today I will choose violence. I am Kevin I mean, I McAllister, think, yeah. and I will choose violence today. I think he chooses to be on, like, his best behavior throughout the first act of the film, and then he's just like, you know what? I've been shit on for too long. It's time that I get what I'm owed, and that's a little bit of satisfaction from a little bit of bodily mutilation of strangers. So anyway, speaking of more bodily mutilation, um, Joe gets up into the up into the second floor again, finally, and has... A giant bag of many, many very, very heavy tools opened up and dropped directly on his bald ass head. And I'm gonna tell you what, that's another, that is most certainly, that's a a kill. That's 100% a death. That's a TKO. That is 100% a TKO. Um, And what sucks is that it only gets worse for Yeah, I would say everything after this is unsurvivable. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's go back down to the basement. Uh, Marv has been covered in multiple cans of paint and has suffered somehow a fourth and a fifth head injury of this evening. I'm surprised the guy even remembers his name at this point. Right. And at this point, he just wants to, he just wants to wash the paint off. He just wants to not be covered in in paint. Yep, that's all. And Kevin said, nope, sorry, you can't do that. Because I put an arc welder in the sink. He Yes, he connected the positive and negative electrical currents of an arc welder um, onto the pipes of the sink with the intention of electrifying a man. And um, you know what? That man completed the damn circuit. Because for some reason he decided to turn both faucets on at once. Because this is the '90s, and that's how sinks work. Uh, sometimes um, you just do it when there's two when there's two faucets. Never. Um, I, I'm always but, a one or the other. I'm like a one yeah, and an inch of the other. This one to me is the the worst. Like maybe the, well, actually, this is this kind of ties for the worst one because this is just like an immediate death. Like you're immediately dead. Yes. There's no way you survive that. It's not to mention we see Marv's whole skeleton. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he, no, he becomes a skeleton for a minute. And I don't yeah. even know what kind of, what diagnosis you give that, but it's bad. It's not looking good for Marv. I'm sorry, um, sir. You're all bones now. You are bones now for a second. Why did the skeleton still have hair? Anyway, the more important thing is that if he had grabbed the sink with one hand, preferably his left hand, because that's further away from your heart, um, he could have potentially survived a wound like this of electrocution. But because uh, the electricity would just go from the hand down to his left leg, which would be the closest connection to the earth. But if you complete the circuit by putting it back into into the other place that it's supposed to go instead of just giving it the ground by connecting both hands to each side you are just giving it the perfect path to just keep moving and the, the tunnel that they it goes through is right through your damn heart 
That's, uh... Yeet. This is when Marv goes to heaven. And Harry goes to heaven not shortly after. Yes! Uh, going back up to the second floor... Oh, buddy. Um, he... He's looking through the keyhole of a door and finds that he does not really, uh... Alright, I'm just gonna be honest. I don't remember how it happens, but he gets his hat head. I know. Okay, can you do it then? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, he goes to turn on a light in the bathroom. So, he's also in another bathroom at the house uh, right after Marv is. He tries to turn on the sink, or, uh, no, he tries to turn on a light in the bathroom. And then uh, I think the light lights his head on fire. Yes, okay, yeah, because he kept turning on lights to be like, haha, you didn't trap everything, you little idiot. And then it turns out he did trap one of them. So Yeah, so Harry's head gets lit on fire, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to turn on the sink to put it out. Well, the sink don't work, so he goes for the toilet. But Kevin has filled the toilet with fucking kerosene like an insane person. Yep. Yeah, Harry almost blows up the entire apartment and then he comes back out of the toilet like all like all burnt up with his hat melting and I'm like, this man should be dead. His insides should be all over the inside of that room. Yeah, because the thing is like he it's not just that the fire was lit anew or stronger on his face, which would have led to incredible third degree burns and also him immediately passing out from the shock of that pain. But it exploded. Yeah, it's the explosion of his freaking head. Harry has gone to hell. Or sorry, Joe. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, Harry, same difference. He's doing the same voice as his real voice, so how can you tell the difference? This is, well, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I think his name is really Harry. It's Harry Lynn. Okay, <laughs> anyway, I don't remember how this happens, but as Harry moves into the correct hallway to get up the stairs to Kevin, and as Marv comes up, Marv somehow also I'm seeing here on my notes gets a 100 pound weight sack of cement dropped on his head before he gets yeah. all the way up to dry cement 100 pounds right on your head yup and that's also a kill <laughs> yeah Marv's head is made of some special stuff that's for sure it really must be it must be you know, my theory at this point is the inside of of Marv's cranium. It, there's no hollow part. It's just completely solid skull bone. It's just all bone. There's no room for the brain. It's just completely <laughs> it's <a> solid. <laughs> just a fucking solid rock of, of human bone as his skull. Um, it's gotta be. It must be at this point. Like, come on. I think when he's doing that is when Harry falls from like a sod ladder or something. Like he, oh, he falls at some yeah. point, and then that's he how they both end up in the first, like floor. dodging the swinging paint cans. So they're okay, back yes. together now. So they're back together. They're going up the stairs to get to Kevin, who's watching them and laughing, my, fucking maniacally, I guess. And yeah, they do a funny from the first movie where he swings the paint cans again, and. 
Joe and Marv are like, ha ha, we've done this one before, you goober. We're gonna dodge these cans and act like they hit us instead. And then they keep going. And it turns out Kevin actually did more than just two this time. He did three. And he did a third one this time, and it got them. Because it was a giant, giant, long pipe that just kind of... <laughs> swung down at the full speed of gravity and velocity into the both of them, sending them into their faces. And I think that's another kill, because lead pipe is a murder weapon in Clue. (laughs) Okay, yeah. And to be fair, I think gravity can swing that thing faster than fucking Professor Plum. That's true, that's true. uh, And not to mention, after this, they fall all the way down the stairs, back at the bottom of the stairs, into the hole to the basement, because that's where they decided to put the hole to the basement for some reason. Uh, So they have fallen like a story and a half, and then the pipe falls on them at the end. And then... um, This is the most menacing shit ever that Kevin does right here, I feel like. Like, they are already on the ground. They already have head trauma. And then there is a number four where he says, okay, it's time to finish this, guys. And he pushes a tool chest full of tools down the steps all the way down onto these poor motherfucking fools. Right. Uh, like- it like falls down the all the way down the stairs directly on top of them. As And this through. is like one of those four foot tall thick sturdy metal ones that like dudes who have really or or women who have really really nice like tool shops or like mechanic shops things like that like they'll buy those they're heavy fucking dude it's like a vending machine with heavy tools yeah like also kevin saying okay let's end this like that that's him admitting he intends to murder these men he wants like he does not intend to let them go it feels like he's like no you're going to live here with me and play with me forever. Yep. And that's that this is where I really feel the thesis statement. <laughs> it's true. It's But that is the thing Jigsaw would let you go. Damn, he plays he plays a game with you and then he says live your life like this. Kevin Kevin cannot move on. Kevin cannot. Well, this is the thing. Ke- this is these are Kevin's first two experience the first two people you, you remember Jig, jigsaw's first trap for a previous movie that we saw which i hate that i know remember what he did first thing that shit was not really meant to be lived through where he made a guy cut through his own face Assault. yeah but like that's kind of i don't know i have a hard time arguing with that one because i'd probably feel that way too if that guy did that to my pregnant wife what so- i'm saying is this is the first very vengeful trap that the, this, okay. this whole so house this- is the trap that is you his think- first kill so you think the second movie not the first movie which again i haven't seen but you think the second movie is kevin realizing his potential and what he wants to do with his life which is well, yes, because he off. feels so at home in this abandoned trap house of murder that he yeah. then weaponizes. And that's a literal trap house, not like a 
like trap this, house. You yeah, know? this is like a literal house mm. of murderous traps, and he decides to further weaponize it for as he sees fit. Anyway, uh, a lot of after this is them just like trying to work their way back up, and I believe they find their way up to the roof eventually because uh, they must. Because the next thing I have to do has to do with gravity. I have here anyway. Um, do you remember they what climb, happens? I think on they the climb roof? a rope to get upwards. Oh my! And the rope is already covered in kerosene. Plus, oh, Mark yes. is covered in not only paint but also flammable varnish. No, 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 no. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, you got the wrong. He's not order. covered in that yet. No. Uh, they, they, yeah. I think they're like catapulted back outside and then given a rope to get up to the roof. And they get almost all the way up to the roof, and then Kevin lights this kerosene drenched rope. Dipped rope, yeah. Yeah, it, and which is so fucked, and leaves these men hanging from a now soon-to-be flaming rope that they are hanging three stories from. And they don't let go. The rope breaks, and they fall to the ground all the way down three stories. <laughs> That's another one. First off. And then the worst shit ever. Oh my god. Kevin finds the most dangerous possible thing you could find at a job site, which is not any kind of tool or power power saw, but many, many cans of wood varnish. Wood varnish is extremely Whoa! toxic, if you do not know anything about it. Um, just breathing in the fumes of it while working with it, even while wearing a mask, can make you feel either nauseous or dizzy or both. It's yeah. no joke. Kevin, after these, he sees these two men break their backs for the fifth time this night, says, okay, it's time for you to stay. And he dumps, I think, like six full cans of open varnish all over them. It gets all over their bodies and it gets in their mouths. They Not only their mouths, their wounds. They have not only ingested poison essentially, through multiple parts of and fresh orifices on their bodies. Um, they're constantly inhaling it, too. They are constantly inhaling it, um, touching their tongue to it, and also, not to mention, getting it, it's completely covering all of their pores of their skin and seeping into their pores. They, I don't think poison control could help these two at this point. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's so much. Like, he didn't need to do that. He didn't need to do that. He's yeah. lucky they didn't get set on fire again in that very moment from the rope and just basically turn into crisp nuggets. That's what probably would have happened if this were real. Oh, 100%. But and I think that this last thing that they that Kevin varnish has is actually happened, so like even the rags of wiping up varnish from what I've worked with in the past, those rags have to be disposed in special bags in like in like non flammable disposable like waste bins because they will not just set on fire but spread fast and explode. 
It's like right. some spontaneous combustion shit. Which, thinking about the varnish brings me to the, the last trap, which I think is, like, arguably, like, I mean, they're all fucked up. But this one, to me, also seems fucked up because it's another act of, like, harming other things other than Harry and Marv. You're harming other living beings. So, Harry and Marv are covered in the varnish, and then Kevin gets them to chase him all the way to the park somehow. I don't know. All the way to Central Park. Yeah. And he calls on his good friend, the Pigeon Lady, who was responsible for most of my tears in the movie. We love the Pigeon Lady. We stand the Pigeon um, Lady. She's the best. They, they cover Harry and Marv in birdseed, and then they're attacked by pigeons. And that, essentially like, pecked, pecked to death. All over him. Yeah, so they definitely would die from being pecked to death. But also, what about all the pigeons I who've know. eaten birdseed been... covered in in varnish i've been thinking this too all the other people who i've seen talk about this shit like they don't mention like what about the birds ingesting this shit and he gives pigeon lady that nice like memento keepsake at the end where he's like they're turtle doves like we'll always be friends in a week when half her pigeons are dead she is not gonna want to speak to you ever again kevin you are responsible for the death of half of her friends also, you know what the pigeons mean to that lady. How could you do that to her? I don't I don't know if Kevin knew how strong I don't think Kevin knew how also, strong side varnish note, was. The place that the pigeon lady lives is dope as fuck cuz it's basically like the top of like some like music hall place. Oh yeah, it's like living in it's some living inside of of uh of like big it's a Phantom of the Opera nonsense. Kind of the shit. pigeon lady lives like the phantom except she doesn't make it everyone's problem. No, she make it. She makes it nobody's problem, and she takes exactly. care. Of the she pigeons. just watches pleasantly and enjoys the show. Take fucking notes, Phantom. Jesus. He shouldn't take notes. He should just be gone. He's he's done. We're done. We're done, Mister Phantom. Mister Opera. That's you know, maybe that's who Kevin should have been friends with, the Phantom of the Opera, because they both want some kind of weird vengeance. Yeah, but that's like. The Phantom's gonna teach Kevin to treat women weird, and we don't we don't need any more of that already. Cause like, hey, do you wanna take a second and talk about the movie before we end this? Little, little our little third act? The the yeah. the uh the the fifty the weird like fifties movie replica that plays in the movie and Kevin uses to trick the adults. Oh, see, I figured, is that not a real movie? No, the director made that for this. They, that was something they made on the set. It's really weirdly fucked up. Yeah, I'm looking this up. The The fake movie is called Angels with Filthy Souls, the fake gangster movie for Home Alone. Yep. Um, why did this guy... When he found out his, like, mistress or wife or whatever was sleeping with his brother, he's like, well, guess what, you filthy dog, I'm gonna fucking shoot you with my gun. And he, like, does it a lot and laughs, and Kevin's like, this aligns with me. I think Kevin might be a misogynist. <laughs> Apparently, this this fact, though, about this movie being fake is something a lot of people are only just now finding out. Like, in 2018, Seth Rogen said, he tweeted out, My entire childhood, I thought the old-timey movie that Kevin watches in Home Alone, Angels with Filthy Souls, was actually an old movie. 
Like, oh no. I did too until I found out like last year. So Macaulay Culkin responded, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, that. Man. It was shot in know. one day on a soundstage inside an abandoned high school gymnasium. The title does reference a real gangster film from 1938 starring James Cagney, though that was Angels with Dirty Faces. I believe the title was decided upon only because we needed to create a label for the tape Kevin puts in the VHS player. It's, it's kind of fucked up, though. I feel that's the one part of the movie that feels a little bit... Oh, wait, there is that also part that what that other one part of the movie that's a little fucked up to see oh apparently that movie is in both movies so in home alone one it's angels with filthy souls in home alone two it's angels with even filthier souls i hate that so much hi kitty also i love that the movie implied like tried to imply that the concierge mr snoopy Snoopy Snoop Tim Curry was uh having an affair with uh with the brother of Kevin's fake dad and everybody else who worked at the place was like, yeah, I bet so. Yeah, they just your coworkers have so low of an opinion of you, they just assume that what a stranger says about you being being a part of somebody's affair, they're like, mm, yeah, you would, you slut. You would you, you, <laughs> like, you whore. Fuck. You would you whore. Like, y'all really think that about me? Like, damn. But also, Tim Curry, yeah, he would. He would. Mm. They were like, we saw you in Rocky Horror. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that's so surprising. That We mentioned that on a recent episode, right? That that was, like, actually his first role, essentially. Like, in in film, anyway. I believe so, yeah. That's crazy. It was, like, and, and Rocky Horror that. also, like, had such a low budget and was so, I mean... I heard that it sucked to film, but I mean, they didn't know that what they were making was going to become what it's become, which is like, that's super cool. That is really awesome. I agree. So I guess the moral of the story is, um, don't watch Home Alone 2. Instead, go watch uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, preferably in public, so you can enjoy all of the fun little things you do when you watch the movie. Yeah, it's it's cool. Both, Both experiences are good. Yeah, I think it's One good to experience the like. Requires you to be a little bit more drunk. I'll yeah, let you I think it's good to experience the like full crowd one at least once in your life. Just, Remember you know. whenever we we saw that one in college and our classmates yeah. were doing it? Oh, they would do a shadow cast. Yeah, the first year, my freshman year, they just showed the movie and did the like, brought all the stuff for everybody to do the the stuff at the movie. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't think about Anyways. that in a long time. Yeah. I think my dad, uh, my dad has a live Rocky Horror vinyl where it's like the an audience like yelling and doing all the things along with it. Very huh. interesting. I have a vinyl of the Jungle Book narrated by an old man. Interesting. Dive one up to you. What's your next play? I have a collection of vinyls that are like all classical Mozart music that I got at a thrift store the other day. <laughs> I have multiple old 60s jazz finals, so get fucked. Wow. I know somebody who has King Crimson on vinyl. Yeah, that's also <laughs> me, loser. No, it's actually not you. I also do. So. Do you? Yeah. I didn't think you did. 
I will literally go get it right now. Oh, my cat's laying on me, though. I don't want to get up. All right. Well, we're going to go argue about vinyl. Okay. Okay, I'll go.